Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that today we do celebrate Pentecost. Lord, you're telling us that we are not alone, that you are releasing greater power for a greater purpose. Lord, this isn't a sermon. This is a prophetic message of what you're doing now in the body of Christ. What you're doing in this house, what you're doing in the body of Christ in this nation, what you're doing in the body of Christ globally. And so, Lord, we believe in what you are saying and what you are doing. And so, Holy Spirit, I just thank you, Lord, that you just give me the ability to communicate what you want me to communicate. We don't want just what I've planned, but we want only what you are saying. So Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name. This year, we experienced a true Passover. The body of Christ globally partnered together, took communion together. The body of Christ globally reminded themselves of the broken body of Jesus and the blood that he shed. And the Passover was about deliverance. And we globally have experienced a global deliverance. And it wasn't just about a pandemic. It is about deliverance from every act of injustice that every person on the planet has experienced. Because what was Passover? It was the last act of God in Egypt that positioned the children of Israel to be set free from slavery. I believe the Passover is saying, it's time. It's time for the greatest outpouring of the Spirit of God upon planet Earth. It was the final blow to injustice. It was a final blow to say to the church, come on, guys, you're no longer, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're not controlled by what is taking place on planet Earth because the fact is the pandemic wasn't the first or the last crisis our globe has experienced. So it's not about what's happening externally. It's about what God is doing in the body of Christ so that we would be people, and I believe this has and is continuing to happen. We are a people who have returned to our first love. Many believers repented for their apathy, their complacency, their unbelief, and the attitudes that they had that were an affront to heaven. We say, God, 
We're in a difficult situation. So, Lord, we just come and we repent for just doing life as usual rather than focusing our attention on the author and the finisher of our faith. So right now, we join with that global repentance and say, Holy Spirit, we are returning fully to our first love. We will do what 2 Chronicles 7.14 says. We will humble ourselves. We will bow our knee in subjection to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We will turn from our wicked ways so you can heal the land. In Psalms 23, in the Passions Translation, it says, Who ascends into the presence of the Lord? Who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure, whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth, those who never deceive, deceive, whose words are sure. I believe we have repented from using God to meet our needs, to being used by God to expand his kingdom on the earth. He does meet our needs. Every time we take communion, we're reminding ourselves of the price he paid and we're appropriating the benefits of being sons and daughters of the living God. But our salvation, our healing, our deliverance isn't about just about us. It is about positioning us in wholeness so we can build the kingdom of God. We are now 50 days after Passover, and we are celebrating Pentecost. We're celebrating the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You think about how the disciples felt. Here Jesus died and they were hiding in fear from the Jews. The resurrected Jesus manifests himself in front of them and he spends 40 days teaching them and then he says, now I got to go away. How would you feel? They've never done this thing without Jesus. How would you feel? And what does he say? He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient, it's necessary, it's important, it's imperative for you that I go away. Why? So that the comforter, the Holy Spirit would come. Because it went from Jesus walking on the earth to believers globally empowered by the Spirit of God walking on the earth. A bunch of little Jesuses, right? And he says, the comforter is going to come. That means the one called to help you. We're not in this thing alone. And then he said to them, he said, in Acts 1, 4 and 5, he said, I don't want you to depart Jerusalem 
But I want you to go and I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit because you shall what? Receive power. What was the purpose of the outpouring of the Spirit of God? What was the purpose of having the Holy Spirit be our helper? One, so that we would experience his power in us, for us, but then also through us so we would be a witness. He said, I'm pouring out my power upon you so that you would partner with the Holy Spirit and he would help you to be a witness. And then we know in Acts 1.8, they were all in unity, and I won't preach that one, but we've never been a time in history in my life where there's been so much divisiveness. And so what does the Holy Spirit do? He says, I'm bringing you together in unity. Yes, in the body of Christ, but I believe he's bringing nations and peoples together in unity. My goodness, if Passover was about setting the captives free, come on. We must recognize that Pentecost is empowering us to set the captives free. To cross every divide. Get rid of our religious superiority. Get rid of our judgment. Get rid of our criticism. And walk in unity. I said I wouldn't preach that one. Okay. And we know the Spirit of God came upon them. They were filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues. It's not just about speaking in tongues. It's about being empowered by a spirit. So my message today, what does Pentecost bring to us today, like right now? Today is a true Pentecost that from this point forward, from this point forward, today is the beginning, a launching of a greater empowerment of the Spirit unlike anything we have ever experienced as the body of Christ. It's going to accelerate. It's going to increase. What's the purpose for power to be witnesses? From this point forward, we'll gain a whole new level of empowerment for every believer that is desirous of this. If you want it, you can have it. That's why we needed the Passover, so we would repent, so we would be positioned to be so, so, so desperate for him. A new level of power. So we would be a part of the greatest awakening the earth has ever seen and bring reformation to culture. That's why, guys, I am so thankful for our local church family to be a safe place, to model the kingdom in this house, a gossip-free zone, a prejudice-free zone, a safe place to grow, a safe place to be equipped and empowered so that you would reach your world with power.
What is empowerment? It's a greater measure of the Spirit of God, a greater measure of His grace. Grace is favor. Last week, Pastor's sermon was just so good on grace and favor. It was so powerful. You have to listen to it. But grace is the Holy Spirit's influence upon our life. And guess what? When someone recognizes that the Holy Spirit is influencing your life, there is going to be a bridge built between you and them to be a witness. Because no human being could be that on their own. It's about his power. It's about his direction. Man, I don't want to go back. What we had was good, but I want great. (laughs) I don't want to be satisfied with the way it was. I want what he is doing in the body of Christ today, and I want to be a part of that army that is raising up across the globe to usher in his return. And one reason that grace is being poured out, that power is being poured out, listen to me. Remember, this isn't a sermon. It's a prophetic message. And that is to bring deliverance to us. There's been so much injustice that every person in this room, every person watching, every person on the planet has experienced some form of injustice. You've been hurt. You've been disappointed. You've been rejected. You've been betrayed. You've been disappointed. You suffered loss. Come on, guys. And God is pouring out his spirit in a whole new measure to set us free, to deliver us so our past does not control our present or our future. That our disappointments become appointments. That the injustices we've experienced literally gives us a platform of influence to impact other people who have experienced injustice. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, every person in the sound of my voice, will your mind and your thoughts still writhe from the, the pain of your past and the disappointment and how you were treated, where there's been an abuse of power and your heart has been broken because of that abuse. I just prophesy right now a greater measure of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit to heal your hearts, restore your souls, and return you back to God's original intent and purpose for your life. No longer will your voice or your identity or your purpose be limited, for the Spirit of God is rising on the inside of you, bringing a freedom inside of you so that you're no longer controlled by those things, so that you can walk in the fullness of power and you can be a witness. Lord, we receive. Heal us, restore us, deliver us, set us free. Break off every lie that we believed in the name of Jesus. You are no longer a victim because the power of God literally dismantles the strategies of hell. The enemy never steals 
or attacks or tries to destroy what is not valuable. It's time for you to see the fullness of your value, the fullness of your worth. Holy Spirit, come. Think of the disciples once again, running for their life and now towering. The Spirit of God comes. Peter goes out and preaches, and 3,000 get saved. <laughs> How does that happen? Because the Spirit of God brought a level of power that broke off the fear, broke off the intimidation, and they were so moved by the Spirit of God, they had to preach. They had to tell people about the hope. Pentecost is a greater working of the Holy Spirit within the believer. And I'm going to give you five things, and there's a whole lot more. But our goal was not to preach till Jesus comes back, okay? That's a new one, I know. What does this look like? Number one. It looks like increased hunger. Because guess what? The more you experience the Holy Spirit, the hungrier you are. The more God uses me to touch people, the more compelled I am. Was it, who was it, honey? Peter said, I'm addicted to the ministry of the saints, or was that Paul? Paul. Paul said, I need my walk in concordance. Paul said, I am addicted to the ministry of the saints. Why was he addicted? Because he experienced so much of a move of the power of God in him and through him that he couldn't live any other way. People would tell me I'm extreme. But you haven't seen anything yet. Sometimes it's hard for me to do normal life because I'm feeling the Father's heartbeat so strong that I have to force myself to just do basics. I have to prepare my soul because it's necessary. We live in a natural world. We've got to do natural things. But there's a hunger being released, guys. That the more I experience, the more I want. You start laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, you're going to get addicted. You're going to go hunting for sick people. Hunger. Psalms 84, 2. My soul, that's my mind, my will, my emotions. My soul longs. My heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. I'm desperate. We're coming, or we are in. We have stepped into a season where we know who has our worship. I love my family, but I don't worship them. I love my children, but I don't worship them. I really love my grandchildren, but I don't worship them. I love what God's called me to do, but I don't worship that. I love the voice that he's given in me. I'm discovering it more and more, but I don't worship that. 
I love worship, but I don't worship worship. I worship the object of worship. I don't worship my business. Because see, all those things are good things. But they are all our platforms of influence to release power, to influence and impact. God, use our businesses. Use our family. Use our community. Use our church. What happens when we're hungry? We're drawn to the Father. We're drawn to the Father's heart. And when we're drawn to his heart, we're going to start embracing how he feels. And I want you to know, God so loved this world. God so loves people. Even the ones you get irritated with, he loves them. Even ones that do evil. Evil needs to be confronted. Abuse of power needs to be confronted. Don't get me wrong. But every human being holds intrinsic worth. John 15, 12 in the Passion Translation says, Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. What is this great outpouring for? To release in us the ability to love unlike any way we were ever able to do in the past. I'm passionate about loving and valuing people, but the fact is, what I do, what Jesus did, how in the world can we love people like the Father loves them? Romans 5, 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Why? How? By the Holy Ghost. Greater measures of the power of God manifested in our life will cause us to love and feel the Father's heart in ways we have never felt it before. And it's not something we drum up or it's not something, well, I got to do this. Melody preached about this. We got to do this. No, we run to the Holy Spirit and he will do it in us. If we are open to him, he says, oh, there's a vessel I can partner with. Don't focus on your feelings. Focus on the one that you worship because he's the one that will empower you. Number two, greater revelation. John 16, 13 in the Passion Translation, I love reading that because it's, one, it's so creative, it's so artistic, and it causes us to look at a scripture we've memorized with a different lens. But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. Greater Revelation. Sonia, you got to see what's in you. Because when you see it, you release it. Donna, you got to see what's in you. Because when you see that value, you'll release it. Jim and Sandra, see what you carry. 
He will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. When you see what you carry, you will recognize that what you carry meets the need of someone. And God will reveal to you prophetically the solutions. I don't know what's going to happen in the months, the years to come. What we're going to face as a nation or a planet. But a greater measure of the power of spirit of God, a greater measure and empowerment of the spirit of God is going to give us solutions. People are drawn to carriers of hope. People are drawn to those who have solutions. When someone is hungry, they'll even eat my cooking. I don't even want to eat my cooking. Okay. Stephen walks in. I go, honey, what you going to (laughs) make? Number three, greater authority and power. Where was the Holy Spirit in Genesis? The Holy Spirit was hovering over the darkness. Where is the Holy Spirit? He's hovering over the division. He's hovering over the darkness. Because what happened when he hovered over the darkness, he was waiting for God to speak. And when God the Father spoke, it released the creativity to bring light where there is darkness. Guess what? Where is the Holy Spirit hovering? He's hovering over the wounded. He's hovering over the divisions. He's hovering over those that are sick. He's hovering over those that are experiencing a darkness of the soul. And he's saying, listen, I want you to be so empowered by my spirit that you will walk in a radical obedience to me that when you see their darkness, you will prophesy what God says. And we don't even have to say it, thus saith the Lord. We just say what we hear. Because, see, God's raising us up to bring reformation to society. And we have the honor to redefine how the world views Christianity. Because if those in darkness would know that they could walk in to a church and be loved and celebrated and not criticized churches would be filled. Okay, I'll stop preaching. Number four, one of our core values of this church is bravery. Increased bravery. Boldness, courage, confidence. Because the fact is, when God speaks to you, you could care less what man thinks. Now, right? When you sense the power of God, you're not worried. Katie, she was not the least bit concerned when anybody thought of her. Why? She was having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. We got to get rid of the fear of man and sense his unction and respond to that with his love, with his heart. Because when I know God's moving on me, I really don't care what people think. 
We're going to go where we've never gone, and we're going to do what we've never done. How will we have the courage to do that? It's because we're empowered. A greater measure of the Spirit of God functioning in us to change us so we can be witnesses in our world. We're going to have the courage to confront injustice. The time of staying silent when we see the abuse of power. We're not attacking people. But we want to rescue those that are oppressed. We're going to have the courage to confront the abuse of power with his love. Hate will never drive out hate. Anger will not stop anger. Revenge is never justice. Getting them before they get you is never righteous. Come on, guys. Confront injustice with his love. We're going to have courage to stand when things around us are shaking. Honestly, this crisis that we've, you know, we're coming out of it, hallelujah. But it's not the end of crisis. Because in the world, stuff is going to happen. But be of good cheer, I have overcome. And the overcomer lives in us. When we hear God, we're going to be confident because we know we carry the solution. If the Spirit of God is hovering over the darkness, let us prophesy. Let us pray. Number five, greater clarity. Listen to this. We're going to learn the why behind the what. The what is the expansion of the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else is going to be added to you. So God says, I want you to seek the kingdom, the advancement of the kingdom, right? That's the what. Everything about me is about expanding the kingdom of God. Everything about you is about expanding the kingdom of God. You're in your art studio and you're expanding the kingdom of God because you're touching some people. And soon I'll be able to get my nails done. In 25 years, I have not not had my nails done. Perilous times had come. But see, that's your platform of influence. That's your platform of impact. It's the what? Advancement of the kingdom. But we need to know our why in the what. The clarity of who we are and why we are here. The clarity of the why. My reason for being, your reason for being. What does our family represent? What is God's call on our family? What's God's call 
on the church, our church, your church. What is the kingdom call? Why do you even have a business? Why did God give you those gifts and put it inside of you to establish a, a business or to work in a certain place? Well, I do some work in there because God makes some money. Well, why did God open up that door there? Come on, guys. The why. The why is we are called to be a light in a dark world. To take our part in the awakening. Now, please don't misunderstand me. You shouldn't uh, walk out of here and then start grabbing people and say, you got to get saved. No, 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 no. God is looking for carriers of his presence. He is looking for somebody who lives it better than they preach it. Come on, guys. Live it better than we preach it. Do it. Get the plank out of our eye so we can clearly see the little speck that's in someone else's. Because when the plank is gone from our eye, we recognize God can do anything. We're called to be a voice for the voiceless. I believe God's called us to stir men's hearts. And i got to be a little careful here when I say this. Probably most of the people I connect to would probably never watch this at this point. But I talked to an amazing young man who's doing amazing things in the nation. And he's completely different than me. He's a man, I'm a woman. He's black, I'm white. He's a millennial and I'm a baby boomer. We're really different. But he said, Melody, every time I talk to you, I discover more about me. And this is a very accomplished professor. We can stir men's hearts. We can draw people to the spirit of God that we carry. We're carriers of his presence. We have the honor to shift cultural norms and systemic structures. That's reformation. You know, there's, oh, I got to be careful. I'm doing really good on time, and I don't want Joel to say anything about how I went over because we're trying to do things differently, streamline and get right to the point, right? But the fact is there are some systemic things within our nation that it's not just about us repenting for ourselves. It's about repenting for our nation. And if your heart is not broken over George Floyd, if you didn't see that video, you got to watch it cry. If our heart isn't broken, we got to go and be empowered by the Spirit of God. Because there are systemic things within the nation where people feel they have the freedom to abuse their power. 
And when we know our why behind the what, we will start confronting those abuses of power. We'll start confronting those internal voices of bigotry. We'll start confronting those things that are dividing our nation and not pointing the finger at somebody else, but look at the fingers that are pointing back at us and say, what am I going to do to change the way I think, the way I act, the way I function? I have no power over anyone else, but I sure do have power over me. And I've got to stop because now I'm touching my voice. Everyone has a why. Every one of you has a why. And when you have clarity on that why, it will not only validate you. Think about Jesus. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the enemy, right? He knew that because he read the word and he recognized that he was a Messiah, but it wasn't until he got baptized where the Spirit of God came upon Jesus, correct? He heard the Father's voice and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And not just did he hear it, but everyone around him heard it. That brought a validation, that brought a courage to Jesus' heart to go into the wilderness and confront the devil head on and then go out and release what the Spirit of God releases, and that's the miraculous. And the miraculous isn't just physical healing, but it includes that. It's the healing of our society. Everyone has a why. I'm going to close with this, but my mom is 96 years old, and mommy, if you're there watching, isn't that awesome? She's 96 years old, and she knows how to surf the net. She knows how to do Facebook. You know what? If you have a will, uh, there's a way. This woman is cutting edge. Hey, Grammy, I'm proud of you. Okay. And at 96, and she said it, she's just saying, she wakes up in the morning at times and said, oh, I'm still here. Because she knows where she's going. She's going to see my dad. She's going to see my brother. She's going to see my two sister-in-laws that are there. She's going to see her siblings. I can only imagine, right? But four years ago, and I'm sharing this, because it's not just my mom's why. I want you to hear what God spoke to her. Because it has everything to do with this time in history. This was four years ago. And I heard the Spirit of God say this to you. The Lord says, when Anna was in the temple, I made a woman, a woman of productivity. I made a woman, a woman of intercession. I made her a woman that there were fruits that she didn't even see. But I made her a promise that her life could not even pass away until she had seen the Christ child. She was old. She was in the temple. 
And she had a promise that says, until you see the Christ child, you're not going to die. And the Lord says, I was faithful to her, and she was faithful to me. So daughter, you and I have a covenant, says the Lord. Daughter, don't try to leave planet Earth before your time. And the Lord says, there are some things you have prayed for that you have not yet seen. And the Spirit of the Lord says, part of this message is reminding you of a covenant that you and I have. So just as I was faithful to Anna, and she held the baby Christ child, the Lord says, daughter, you will hold national awakening in your arms as well. You will hold national awakening in your arms. She's 96. It can't be too far off. Why is there a greater outpouring of the Spirit? From this day forward, from Pentecost forward, from the true Passover forward. Why? for a national awakening. If my mama is going to hold it in her arms, I want to hold it in mine. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for everyone in the sound of my voice. And Lord, we just, we just lift up our hands right now. And we say, Holy Spirit, come. Come and awaken my why. Awaken my reason for being. Awaken my voice. Empower it by your spirit. So equip me by your spirit. Make me so hungry to build the kingdom with my why. And I'm not going to compare my why with somebody else's why. I just need to know my why. But all of them coming together is releasing a national awakening, a global awakening, a unity where division has no place in our nation. Where systemic structures, where there's been abuses of power, are torn down. Where evil raises its ugly head so it can be cut off. In the name of Jesus, we welcome the Holy Spirit to invade our lives. We welcome the Holy Spirit in greater measures of power and authority. Draw us to you, Holy Spirit. Make us so hungry. Make us so hungry. Move in us that we don't know what to do until we have the revelation of our why. Holy Spirit, you are.
Would you just stand before the Lord? Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts Lord, I thank you for a spirit of deliverance that our eyes would see, our ears would hear, our hearts would be softened to receive. Lord, we're stepping into the greatest season of our lives, the greatest time for our family and our children, the greatest positioning for our businesses, our workplace, our community, our state, our nation, and our world. Holy Spirit, come. the pandemic uh, when it was in the beginning of that and you know how they take a map of the world and they showed all these dots and everything to where it was spreading the globe and I'm not saying it was a thus saith the Lord but I know it lines with the kingdom but it was like I instantly saw those dots turn red representing the blood of Jesus Christ. And I saw revival and I saw awakening and I saw a harvest. We are now in a season of harvest. We're not waiting for it to come. It is here now. And it's beginning in us. And I saw just as the virus, quote unquote, was spreading, I saw a harvest spreading throughout the globe. Till there wasn't a place that it had not touched. So Holy Spirit, come. Make us harvesters. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you and praise you for today. I thank you that this is the beginning of so much more. And Lord, from this point forward, we'll gain a whole new level of empowerment because our heart's desire is to be a part of the greatest awakening the earth has ever seen and to bring reformation to culture. In Jesus' name.
Amen.